everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Gallo, and I'm joined, as always, by the... Ooh, uh... I'm just joined by Hollywood. Hollywood! Are you referring to the cult classic film, Hocus Pocus? Oh, you got me. You got Hollywood. Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. You gonna take my shoes? You You gonna take my shoes? Yeah, I'm ice. Ice. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I told you my name's not Ernie anymore. It's ice. (laughs) It's perfect because a guy named Ernie would absolutely (laughs) like. Listen, if my name was Ernie, no offense to the Ernies out there, you gotta change that shit. Ernest scared stupid, so it'd be ice scared stupid. Ice. (laughs) <laughs> Actually, Ernie is a good name. It's a solid name. Uh, sure. I don't know any Ernie's. I don't either. Ernest. I'd... Ernest. I would go by Ernest. I feel like you're a grandfather immediately. Uh, Just like if your name is Esther. I don't know, man. Those names are coming back around. Like Harold. <laughs> Harry. There's a lot of Harrys out there. There's a lot of Harrys. There's a lot of roses. I feel like Rose is coming back. Is, is Titanic resurfacing? I don't know. You know, everything 90s is coming back. So, you know, it's I mean, everything 80s. Year. So I guess 90s is next, right? What do you mean? Everything 90s is back pretty much. Everything Other 80s. Other than the clothing. Yeah, yeah. Because Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. No, Stranger Things. Everything. No, there was man. Chokers. The Chokers were back. That's 90s. That's 90s. You're right. That is 90s. And yeah. apparently someone told me that the Puka Shell necklaces are back. Oh, boy. I'm in. I never wore them the first time around. I never wore them the first time around. I'm totally wearing them now. Imagine me just, would you trust a doctor wearing a poop shell necklace? But in Florida, I wouldn't bet an eye. (laughs) (laughs) I would be totally okay with it. You owned a poop shell necklace and you wore it frequently. I don't know about frequently. I had a shark tooth necklace I wore frequently. But you did wear that whenever we were down the shore. I remember you having the puka shell necklace. Okay. You had your bleached hair with the puka okay, no, shell that necklace. Was, the bleached and, hair and was your sixth braces. grade. And your braces. The, no, I did no, not have bleached perfect. hair. I don't believe I had bleached hair and braces at the same time. I think you did. The bleached hair was sixth grade, and I believe only sixth grade because everyone did it. You did it too. Yeah, my mom also, did it for also, a lot of us. Also, they were frosted tips, not bleached. Yeah. I didn't go full blonde. Man. That would have been scary for everyone. Man, we should do that again, too. That was cool. Oh, God. There was a lot of bad fashion in the early 2000s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Well, you know, that's your opinion. I think it was great. I think we need Baggy to go. jeans? Jinkos are back, baby. Oh, my God. We Paco. need to go bigger. We need to go bigger. <laughs> Paco jeans. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, listen. The style of the 90s definitely is not alive in the movie we are reviewing this week. Instead, it's the style of the 60s. Which is still alive. It's uh, Yeah, sure, you could argue that. It's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Denim, baby. Uh, I'm a big fan of denim. I'm all in on denim. Do you have a Levi's? Do you have a Levi uh, jacket? I got a denim jacket. I got a denim vest. I got jorts that are denim. I got denim shirts. Denim vest? I got denim underwear, baby. Ooh. I made those because, you know, they don't really sell that. But I right, love yeah. denim. That's how much I love okay. denim. That the Canadian tuxedo? I don't know what that is. I think that's just revolting. Okay. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, Justin, we're, we are reviewing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this week. The newest Queen Tarantino film. Uh, the ninth was film. It the, ni- 
the ninth film, the second to last one, right? The penultimate. Penultimate. Yes. All right. Well, Justin, what do you say we get into it then? Are you ready to review Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Let's do it. I'm Rick Dalton. It's my pleasure, Mr. Schwartz. Call me Marvin. Put it there. That's your son? No, that's my stunt double, Cliff Booth. Last night, we watched a Rick Dalton double feature. <laughs> All the shooting. <laughs> I love that stuff, you know, the killing. A lot of killing. Anybody order fried sauerkraut? No, I'm a stuntman. Look at me. So you still with Rick, huh? Still here. You can do anything you want to him. I hired you to be an actor, Rick. Not a TV cowboy. You're better than that. And what you just heard was a clip from the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Emil Hirsch, Margaret Qualey, Timothy Oliphant, Julia Butters. Austin Butler, Dakota Fanning, Bruce Dern, Mike Moe, Luke Perry, Damian Lewis, Al Pacino, and a whole lot more. It just keeps going. I have to click see all to, I guess, get to it. So I'm not. Justin, uh, this movie's directed by Quentin Tarantino. What's it about? A faded television actor and his stunt double strive to achieve fame and success in the film industry during the final years of Hollywood's golden age in 1969, Los Angeles. Hijinks do ensue. Yes, they do. And so, uh, Justin, this movie, man, it's uh it's a lot, but it's a it's a Tarantino film, right? I mean, yeah, I'm not. What is it? Not a Tarantino film? It is absolutely a Tarantino film. He when people have it. asked me how was this movie, you know, people the people at work didn't get around to seeing it yet. They said, "How was that movie?" I said, "Well, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie." So. It, it's like being advertised under under the guise that it's this fun Hollywood romp with giant megastars, you know, about classic Hollywood. But you have to remember, it's still a Quentin Tarantino film. So, Justin, that means it's going to have really drawn out conversations, things that maybe don't matter at all to the plot of the film. The plot of the film, you may ask, right, I know. Uh, and then the ending is horrendously violent. So... Justin, I would say that's about a Quentin Tarantino film. Right? I would say it's as Quentin Tarantino as he gets. That's correct. <laughs> it's the quintessential Tarantino. Oh, the Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, you said it better than I was trying to reword yeah. that, but that was good. That's really fine. well done. Yeah, thank you. Too thank you. So, uh, so overall, I mean, listen, honestly, my thoughts on this movie, Justin? Well, what about it's, expectations? It's not- Did you, what were your expectations? Okay. Expectations? I expected exactly what I thought it was going to be. Be like what what it turned out to be, which is a Quentin Tarantino film that's going to have long dialogue scenes with beautifully shot, you know, set pieces. And I was hoping for a little more, I guess, to happen before the last third of the film. Um, but instead, it didn't, and you just got to hang out a bit with Brad Pitt's character and Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and sometimes maybe Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie. It was just a delight. <laughs> I sure with all eight lines of dialogue she has. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's really what it was. The movie takes some unexpected turns, but for the most part, I kind of knew what was going to be happening. 
um, based on marketing. And I think it was an article on Slash Film that hypothesized the ending. And it makes sense. Um, so I, I knew what I was in for. And overall, I got to say, not my not one of my top Tarantino films. For me, my, my, my favorite one is uh, Inglourious Bastards, which I know is some people may be like, what? But I, I think love that film. most that film, people will agree with you, actually. Okay. Uh, that film has everything where, you know, it has the long drawn out Tarantino-esque dialogue in a bar in, you know, in a, in a house with Jews being held up by Nazis. And, you know, but they, they go somewhere and there's moments of, there's climactic moments that happen in between all those. It's not just like this movie, in my opinion, which saves all of its fun action for the end. Which was very fun. What did, right. What did you think? So I agree with you. I think for the most part, what this movie really is, it is Quentin Tarantino's ode to 1969 you know love love letter letter to 1969 i think he was around eight years old at the time 1961 Uh, i believe he was born and he he remember i I think there's an interview that i read that you know he fondly remembered this time in the golden age of film and this was a it had a huge influence on his life and his career and so he's kind of finally at the point where he wanted to revisit that time and what made it so special, the characters, the pop culture, the historical significance. The, and there were so many things going on at that time. Um, and he decided to focus on L.A. And basically, the movie's two hours and 45 minutes. I will say there is a loose plot, if any, for the first – for basically most of the movie. Uh, like you said, I think you said it very yeah. well, is you kind of just hang out with – DiCaprio and Brad Pitt's characters and just, you know, (laughs) they go through some stuff. There's a couple flashbacks of funny things that had happened. Um, And uh, otherwise you're kind of, I think a lot of people and even I were, was like, all right, where's this going? Like, where is this going? I know in the back of my mind, I'm sure in the back of your mind, you, you knew that the Charles Manson plot was somewhere loosely tied in until you know we get to the ending of the movie right lurking, lurking somewhere in the background. you know there was always hints throughout the movie and then there was a more than a hint there was a uh several it was a long scene with brad pitt um but which again a a wonderfully crafted yeah, that scene by the way very what, what was we'll get to that uh, maybe in spoilers I, I, we should talk about that um you're right um but Overall, I found it satisfying. I found the ending incredibly satisfying. Did it need to take two hours and 45 minutes to get there, though? Absolutely not. But why did he do it? Because he's Quentin Tarantino and he can, and that's what he knows people appreciate about what he does, right? He does it in a different way. So I get it. And people love that. They love that he did that. You know, this time... I was okay with it. I I am enamored by 1969. I think it does an unbelievable job of, you know, capturing Hollywood at that time, a lot of the pop culture. I thought he had a very interesting take on hippies, um, which, you know, based off of, you know, history and and media, we usually don't see the hippies as seen as uh, a negative group of people. But I guess a lot of the the hippies in this were involved with the Manson family, to be fair. Apparently. <laughs> um, so there is a little interesting take on that that I'm not sure I've seen anyone really comment on on the internet. Um, 
maybe for fear of interpreting. No, the main backlash this film has been seeing is the uh, the backlash to how Bruce Lee is yes. portrayed in the film. <clears throat> so there is a wonder. This is but, not spoiling anything. There is one of the better scenes is with Bruce Lee in a flashback with Brad Pitt, which is in a t- it's in, in the, the trailer. trailer. And I thought it was hysterical. It was very enjoyable. Um, very funny. Well, because something was happening, you know, I hate to say it. There was stuff happening in this scene. Yeah. I mean, but at the end of the day, when you're looking at this movie, the performances is peak performances. You have an incredible job by Leonardo DiCaprio. Brad Pitt's at his best. They're both crushing it. I thought Margot Robbie, yes, she had limited lines, but she's just, she's just wonderful. She's just, she's just great. Uh, The guy who played, um, Roman Polanski looked like Roman, yeah. Roman Polanski. He also looked like Austin Powers. Oh my god! It was. <laughs> I don't know why they did I that. Mean, I understand it was the fashion. Yeah, but. like I got it. I watched. I looked at. it. I was like, huh. And then he got to the Playboy Mansion, and I was like, huh. <laughs> like it was really. <laughs> I. But they did such a wonderful job of capturing 1969. I I was with my buddy and and, uh, we were watching it and I was like, damn, imagine living at this time. It looks like it was so much fun. Well, and then the Manson murders in real life, those marked the end of this time. It was like a wake-up call. The loss of innocence Yeah, exactly. So now I will say, if you go into this movie not knowing about the Manson murders, which I'm going to be honest, I didn't know what happened to Sharon Tate in real life until maybe a few years ago at the most. And... If you go in not knowing, uh, the movie's going to really bore you. Yeah, it's also not going to be as close to as satisfying. As zero. So, you know, so basically, Quentin Tarantino is assuming his audience is well-versed in 1969 and has a concept of history, which, you know, credit to him. I guess he's giving – I think he's giving the audience a lot more credit because a lot of – the major complaint that I got from my friends who I was talking with and some other people um, is basically they were saying, I don't get the ending. I don't, I don't get what's what? going on. Like who was these people? What? Like, why did this happen? And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, I didn't understand the, the Manson story. Mm. Like people don't, aren't aware of the relationship. Okay. So then you had once I explained like that, that yeah, and yeah. once I explained that they were like, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah. Right, you know, they were like, "That's actually, I enjoyed it now, more." See, now it, I know, knowing that I know that. It, if spoilers coming for Inglorious Bastards, but it worked. That same angle worked so well in Inglorious Bastards, right? The movie starts once upon a time in Nazi Germany, right? Right. And guess what? The ending is not accurate to history. <laughs> yeah. So but, it's it's almost more a little bit. It's a little more accurate considering the defeat of the German forces and all that, but. Uh, Hitler yeah. does not die getting his face blown off in a fire in a fire in a Opera. movie theater film, um, film house. Now I got to say, Justin, I like I was in a packed theater for this. It was Tarantino's biggest opening of his career, forty million dollars. And so I was interested to know and see how people would react to this movie because again, the the marketing for this film is like, hey, come check out an amazing Hollywood epic with DiCaprio, Pitt. Robbie, Kurt Russell, Al Pacino, you know, all these big actors uh, directed by Quentin Tarantino. You've heard that name. Maybe you didn't see his last couple films, but you know that name, right? Come see this movie. And so I think the theater in Wayne, New Jersey was packed on a Sunday afternoon, Justin, because people wanted to see, oh, let's go see that fun romp. What? Wait, it's almost three hours long. Interesting. And then 
I was walking out of the theater, Justin, and I was laughing throughout the ending, uh, the horrifically violent ending. Me and about one other guy in this pack. Oh, I was going nuts. I was like, this is awesome. But we'll get into that in spoilers. We're walking out and I hear someone go to another person. That was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> so, so I mean, I, 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 that's the thing. If people went in not really getting what this movie was and then they got that and uh, they were they were bewildered. What is the uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, score for this, the audience score? Because that's going to be very interesting. Um, I think, Let's I see. don't know. The, it's what, again, 84 in Rotten Tomatoes, 72 audience score. So, not yeah, it's not really what people were expecting if they weren't aware of what a Tarantino film is like. Wow. Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw is rocking a 69%. <laughs> they actually negotiated nice. that score with Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> nice. And also this movie. Yes. I mean, 69, it was the nicest year of Hollywood. Except for right? that one thing that happened. Except for the one right. thing. But no, I really think that the relationship that Brad Pitt and DiCaprio have in this movie is fantastic. They were probably the most fun to watch. DiCaprio, this was just a wonderful character for him. I had so much fun watching him be this character, this kind of over-the-hill actor who's still somewhat cocky for pretty much no reason. <laughs> and Brad Pitt's, you know, Brad Pitt's character you want to like, but without giving too much away, he's not that good of a guy. Yeah, we think. <laughs> but overall, you know, you find yourself rooting for both characters and their success. And um, But uh, getting to the bulk of the, the story here, or our review, before we go into spoilers, is I think you're right. This movie is basically not for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's two hours and 45 minutes. I think that there's a lot of things people will enjoy and take away from this movie. But if you're looking for a movie that's like dead set on action, uh, accurate depictions of like a docuseries kind of film of 1969, you're not getting that. This is actually pretty dark, but lighthearted at the same time. It's actually probably one of his more lighthearted films. I would say Quentin Tarantino's, um, and uh, probably one of his slower films as well, um, because I, I don't think for much there, – there is nothing he's trying to do here other than – for most of the movie other than show you his love of 1969 and, and what he remembers. And his love of Westerns. And his love of we, Westerns. We get, we we get long, Westerns. long sequences of a, a Western being shot like almost in camera. Which was pretty good. Actually. It was, and it's also because Timothy Oliphant's in it, and he's one of our favorite Western guys ever, Can right? I, I, I got to say, Timmy, Timmy Oliphant. Well, what are you about to say? He's looking old. Oh. He is. It hurts me, but like, he's only, what, five years out of Justified? And he's just, you know, he's looking old. I love Timmy. Good old Timmy O. Mm -hmm. Timmy O, you know? Mm -hmm. But you got to agree there. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Unless the last time, but the but but we saw him in the Deadwood movie, which shot like, I, like I think he looked, dude. The Deadwood, pretty old there. No, no, he looked good in that. He had the mustache. They aged him up in that, and I thought he looked good. I think he looked uh, better he in the looked, Deadwood movie than he did in this movie. Oh, uh, he looked in. Uh, and this movie know. was, and the Deadwood movie was shot like five months ago. 
I don't know, man. He was not looking sharp. All right. All right. You want to draw that line? That's fine. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think that's, I think that's once upon a time in Hollywood. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. If you know what a Tarantino film is like, right? I think that's a very accurate assessment. However, um, if you are, I think the older people who, you know, lived in 1969 or remember it more, probably have a a greater appreciation for this movie. My parents, you know, my parents enjoyed this movie. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that time. I remember like, you know, it's a little harder because a lot of people who weren't familiar with the story were these millennials who, you know, all they care about is the Instagram these (laughs) days. So they don't even care about our history. We're damned to repeat it now. You know, but, uh, so maybe just, if you're going to go see it, if you're interested in seeing it, know your history, know what's going on in 1969, just a bit. It's not going to hurt you, but it'll make the experience that much better for sure. Right. So for me, not one of my favorite Tarantino films, but I'm glad it exists. I too, I enjoyed it. Um, I just really I got lost in the time period of this movie. Well, it's and such that's a wonderful, the thing. I read, it's a wonderful period piece. I read you an article. Uh, I want to say Hollywood. No, Variety. And the first time he said he reviewed it was right out of con. And he was a little, probably a little harsher on it. And then he, he went back and saw it again. And what he said, the second viewing, it really does need to be seen the second time this movie. Because then you realize, oh, I'm here just to hang out with these guys and enjoy the ride. And that's, I think sums it up. I think it really does. When you know what this movie is going to be, you want to just hang out with these guys and and watch these beautifully crafted sequences. The problem is it's almost a three hour movie. I don't know if it warrants that. I I think that's a fair assessment, but it's a great time. It's a great period piece with fantastic acting, fantastic directing. Everyone's brought their a game. If, if you just can't tolerate a very loose plot, then this is not the movie for you. But if and you can tolerate very good acting, very good directing, <laughs> beautiful shots, and uh, just a lot of aimlessness, then you're going to like it. Yeah. And, you know, it's a shame, in my opinion, that the uh, Charlie Manson aspect of it all overshadowed a lot of the making of this film. People were like, yes. oh, my God, what's he doing? What is Quentin Tarantino thinking? And I feel like it tainted what a lot of people thought of the film. And not giving anything away, Charlie Manson is literally in three minutes of this movie. Out of that's, like, dude, that's being generous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, out of the three hours this movie is, he's literally in probably two minutes of it, which was an interesting the greatest, choice. The greatest, um, uh, let's see, faux pas of this film is that the shot of Leonardo DiCaprio doing that dance. Oh, he's not in letters, it. It's not in it. He's in that that uh, him singing in front of it is great, and it's in it. But that little shuffle he does with that shit eating smirk. I wanted stage, to see the shit eating smirk so bad. <laughs> I wanted it so badly. It's probably my favorite GIF of I don't know, 2018, 2019. <laughs> oh man, I just saw this video of these goats walking <laughs> to staying alive. I just if you check my Twitter, as well, I had to retweet it. It's one of the funniest things I've seen all year. I've watched it like thirty times today. All right, what do you say we move on to spoilers for Once Upon a Time well, in Hollywood? You said see it, don't see it, rent it. Oof, I'm going to have to say rent it. I'm going to agree. No, wait, no, uh, hold oh, on. Oh, um, uh, oh, uh, oh. No, a strong rental. I, I don't think you need to see this in theaters. He didn't shoot it in any fun, crazy, you know, camera uh, format like he did for Hateful Eight. Uh, I think you're fine renting this. 
I think if you're a Quentin Tarantino guy, you probably saw it already. Um, if you're on the fence, if it's if you're into that time period, I say go see it in theaters. Um, but otherwise, you know, I think it's a solid. I think it's a very good rental for you know a nice night. I would probably say rent it, but there's definitely some people I would say um, go see it in theaters too. And those people probably either saw it or or, or uh, know who they are. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on right. to well, spoilers yeah. of Once Upon a Time. In Hollywood. In ho- yeah, that part too. Okay, spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, let's just focus this on the last 40 minutes of the film. What do you say? Sure. Um, so the film takes a, what, six-month gap? Is that what it was? Five? Six months. That he comes back from... I, thought I, I had... Justin, I had... I had uh, PTSD when that title card came up of five years later after Avengers Endgame. Five years later. Um, so he comes back, DiCaprio comes back from Italy with Cliff Booth and his new Italian bride uh, after having made some Italian films for Al Pacino's company or whatever it was. And uh, basically it, it's all one night. The last 40 minutes is one night. It's the night the Sharon Tate is killed in real history in real life and the lead up we see some bumbling manson uh you know followers go to the road that they live on in the hollywood hills uh get spooked by uh by uh what's his name again i just blanked on dicaprio's character's rick, name uh, which rick rick, rick dalton, Dal- rick dalton? Yeah, spooked by Rick Dalton, realized, hey, let's kill him. And uh, they, things don't go as well as they planned, huh? Not not really. Not at all, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they get mauled and destroyed by Brad Pitt, by his dog, and by Leonardo DiCaprio. So that was by far everyone's favorite scene, right? That was your favorite scene. I mean... It's it's it depends on who you're talking to. If you talk to a Tarantino fan, I feel like it could go either way. You want the extreme violence that you know for, uh, that you you know from Tarantino films, but also you probably like the shooting the shit aimless. Yeah, but stuff, I right? love that ultra violence because we know. Uh, so those of you who don't know, the true story is Sharon Tate was murdered that night while pregnant. She got stabbed in the stomach. They killed the baby. They killed her. I believe they killed the other two friends that were in the house. Um, and that go ahead and three, was three it three people. three people and they that go ahead and changes Roman Polanski's future obviously as he becomes a child pedophile he was probably still doing it and then leaves the country <laughs> he's a piece of shit but that's another story um, she's dead uh, then you have the Charles Manson murders become famous uh, Charles Manson becomes famous it kind of tarnishes the whole love hippie era. From then on out, that's the end of it, the end of innocence. However, in this, it never happens. Why? Because Rick Dalton is there to just yell at the hippies and convince them, not, I mean, not actually convince them, but, you know, indirectly convince them to try to to murder him. And the results were a wonderfully, wonderfully ultraviolet scene. Thank God for dogs. This is why dogs are the best. But the star (laughs) of the scene was the dog. And my God, did he just do a number on that guy's nuts. Oh, my God. It was so graphic and so violent. And you're like, is he killing him? Yep, he's killing him, essentially. Uh, 
Then DiCaprio or, or Brad Pitt's Cliff Booth throws a can at the other girl's face, and it, <laughs> the impact is probably not the way it would happen, but it basically dents yes. in her face and breaks her face. Uh, and then the Italian wife, she takes down the other girl. Uh, who was that? That Dakota was um, Fanning. Right. Uh, Dakota Fanning, the redhead, takes her down, and then the dog goes after yes, her too. But right? I really just – my favorite part of the scene was not actually the blowtorch. It was just Brad Pitt taking the red's – face oh and just smushing it through every object it was so pure insanity her face was like literally just cratering in it was so over the top violent i loved it i was laughing i think i think a lot of people in the theater were just like what the hell is going on and i was just like holy shit yeah it's uh it's it, it complete completely nutty and I mean, you know, the thing is, I've I've read stuff in the past about uh, Tarantino's violence towards women in his films. And as this whole scene was playing out, I was like, well, this isn't going to do him any favors. <laughs> well, to be fair, she was trying to murder him. Uh, right, right, exactly. They were they were Manson followers, and we, us, the audience in our head knows that we know that these people were going to kill. You know, a also, how disturbing was child. that conversation uh, so, they had in the car? My God, that was yeah. a wonderful. Was, that and, was great dialogue. And you still that don't was really, great dialogue. So, so I knew, and, and you know who that fourth girl who? was that drove away, right? Scoops Ahoy, man. Hawkins. I knew. I, I knew. My, 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 yeah, my I knew she name? looked familiar. Yeah. She was like, you know what, guys? I'm driving out of here yeah. to 1985 <laughs> to go sling ice cream. Um. So yeah, it's. It's it's kind of exactly what I thought was going to happen. I had in my mind, I had this is what I had ready in my mind was that Brad Pitt and Leo were going to be at his house as the murders were about to happen in the Manson in the in the Tate household, and uh, Rick was going to get his groove back by jumping in there and saving her and being the hero and like saving it from happening at her house, and then that would like get him back into the Hollywood scene. But instead, it happened. All happens right. in his and house. And he blowtorches the shit out of her, which is also a wonderful scene. He goes. They set up. The, they set up that Nazi uh, flamethrower sequence nicely, and he's like, "Oh, it's a little hot." He's, he's like, like well, "It's Rick, fire." It's <laughs> <laughs> genuine good laugh and then you i mean i guess it's Chekhov's yeah, flamethrower it was just like that scene the, the in the movie that the, the the fake movie was just so funny that all of the like flashbacks <laughs> or cuts to a film scene that's just tarantino at his best it, it was just so so yeah. on point so funny now we we do not though get to see cliff murder his but wife assumptions literally there they're about to show it they just don't show it <laughs> he stabs her he murders yeah. her with like a fishing gun yeah look like a spear gun or something oh. is that like um, a reference to Natalie and yeah Wood, I mean so think? uh I mean it's possible but I didn't see any Christopher yeah. Walken so uh or he at least was on or, that boat I forgot yeah, yeah he was on that Walken, boat right? I think he knows he knows yeah, right yeah with um we no, that's alleged and we cannot say that um so yeah overall the ending was what we thought it was going to be hyper violent these guys saved the day along with the pooch and the italian wife and uh rick gets invited into the polanski circle 
Yes, and that's why it's called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, right? Right. This t- is the fairy tale take of if Quentin Tarantino had his way with the world, we would have never had the Marilyn Manson murders. We would have had this wonderful life and actress stay alive. We would have had this actor, uh, you know, revive his career and everyone would be happy. Um, so I, I, you, until that point, you don't understand the significance of the title, but you know, it is truly his Disney fairy tale of what 1969 could have been had these horrible things not occurred the way that they did. And then yeah. that's the significance of the title and, um, and everything makes sense. And, you know, it's fun when Tarantino literally does these set pieces, everything's accurate until, the one big thing that's not. And that's what was yeah. so enjoyable about Inglorious Bastards because everyone was like, did he actually just change history? Right. And guess what? He just changed history again. And and that's, you know, unfortunately it was a little more predictable this time around because he did it right. once. But at the same time, I love that he's just like, you know what? Fuck history. Everyone knows that story. I'm going to tell the story that I want to tell. And I what think if that's these just two great. guys, these two washed up Hollywood guys save the day. Right. Yeah, that's what we got, and uh, maybe one day I'll revisit this film, but for now, I am good closing the book on this fairy tale. But you know what we're going to revisit next week? The Fast and Furious Fast franchise. Fast franchise. One of the best franchises, most profitable franchises of all time. And we just get Hobbs to watch. and sure. We just to get, get to watch The Rock glistening, sweating, profusely for probably two hours him and jason statham are having a ball off. yeah i think they're also just gonna have a, a eye roll off they're just probably just like i bet you like 90 percent of this movie is them doing something one of them doing something the other one looking smirking eye rolling and then the other one doing something else and then they just keep eye rolling that's probably how they beat the bad guys well i mean i'm there for it i'm gonna be honest with you i'm there for it oh i'm a thousand percent there for it and the director of Deadpool 2 and Atomic Blonde and John Wick is is making this. So bring it on, man. It looks – they said that it is literally a giant meme movie. <laughs> they're like, this is everything you want. In the- if they're aware of what they're doing, then yeah, I say bring it on. Of course they're aware of what they're doing. They know it. That's, I think, one of the best things about the franchi- Fast, and franchise, Fast and Furious franchise. That's so hard to say because there's so many Fs. Yeah, yeah, but they're so self-aware. They're like, "Let's fuck it. Let's just go for it. We're just gonna give the people what they want, right?" <laughs> yeah, give the people what they Unfortunately, want. Unfortunately, they were too aware for it during the Orlando ride, which is one of the worst rides I've ever experienced in my life. Oh, which boy. is such a contrast because how delightful was. Honestly, I would go on that ride just to wait in line because the line aspect <laughs> was so much fun. <laughs> Am I wrong? It was. No, you're you're not wrong. It was a great time that ride. Uh, waiting in line for that ride, all of the props, all of the Coronas, all of the actors. Dude, how did we not drink a Corona while we were in there? I think that'd be illegal. Are you allowed? No, they sell beer. It's universal. They duff beer. Mm, but maybe yeah. we can ask them. Yeah, they gotta sell. They, that's a lost opportunity right there. They gotta sell Coronas. Yeah. Should we review Hollywood Horror Nights this year? We're doing it early. I mean, we're. I think, yeah, I think that's a good idea. We're going to go to Hollywood Horror Nights again. We did it last year. This year, we're going to go in more focused, more ready. And I think, uh, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe we'll review Hollywood. Uh, I call it Hollywood. It's Halloween horror. I mean, you're almost not wrong. <laughs> Hollow. I know. Now it's like all Hollywood. Like this year's classic monsters, I believe, is the theme. Except it has Stranger Things season two, and it has. I'm so excited for uh, Killer, Killer Clowns, Clowns from, from Outer Space. Space. That is going to be the, the scariest, dude. That is going to be so <laughs> scary. I know. It's going to be so horrifying. Those clowns. Oh God. Oh, get pumped, man. I'm so All right. I say we end it. Why don't you take us out? All right, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, questions, comments, concerns, feel free to email us at two guys one movie.podcast at gmail.com. Check out the site, comment all you'd like. You can listen to us on our website. You can listen to us on iTunes or any podcasting app that's on Android, your iPhone, even a sidekick. I'm sure they have it there. Um, but my favorite way to listen is on Spotify. Uh, so if you have Spotify, you can listen, download, subscribe there. Give us a review, five stars. Five stars. That's right, five stars. For Matt and Justin, thanks for listening to this week. We'll be back with Hobbs and Shaw. I'll probably be sweating just like, you know, <laughs> just to reenact the whole movie. I'm just going to come from a run just glistening. Like I'm going to do the whole thing talking like oh, Jason well, Statham. Well, 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 what do we have here? All right, Hobbs, what do we have here? I'm going to put in my good teeth. <laughs> also, there's a great uh, aspect that we'll talk about that – um, the, the sister of uh, Jason Statham was born in 1988. He's like was born in 1962. It's uh, <laughs> you know what? Leave it alone. That was it. Vanessa Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Leave her alone. Leave him That's alone. That's offensive. Yes. All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening. For Matt and Justin, have a good one.